0: Relax and get ready to learn. Here's Pat.
1: Hi, this is Pat Iyer with Legal Nurse Podcast, our weekly interview show in which we bring to you experts from a variety of areas to share with you tips that will help you grow your legal nurse business. I have with me today Pam De who is a legal nurse consultant who started the field actually from the opposite direction that many people come in. She started as a paralegal and then became a nurse and has since worked in a variety of plaintiff and defense firms as well as an independent practice. She's also earned her Master of Juris Health Law from Loyola and she is certified through the American Association of Legal Nurse Consultants Program through the specialty organization that offers the LNCC certification for people who are qualified. And Pam and I both have earned that credential. Pam is coming to talk with us today about some of the behind the scenes nuances of being a legal nurse consultant. And first, Pam, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for offering to have me. You are welcome. When we first talked about having a podcast together, we discussed some of the areas that are particularly troublesome for legal nurse consultants. And one of them is breaking the news to an attorney that a case is either non-meritorious for the plaintiff attorney or indefensible for the defense attorney. Attorneys come to these cases with their own theories and they want to assemble the facts to meet the theories. And sometimes we have a very different approach where we look at the facts and then we figure out the theories or the viability of the claim. How do you break it to a client when that client is just fully invested in his or her theory of the case and the facts don't support it?
2: All right, this is one of the most difficult interactions you may have with an attorney, other than you spent too much doing the case. Um, You always put right up front with the attorney. I am here to tell you what this case is. I'm going to analyze this case. I am going into this case with the unique viewpoint of the legal nurse consultant, I'm going to bring into it that applying of the four elements of tort law, you know, the duty owed, you're looking for that, the duty breached, the injury occurred, and causation, that the breach caused the injury. You're going to look at that the same way that he or she is going to look at that, therefore, you have now fully armed yourself and you've explained to that attorney that you're going to get it unvarnished. All right, and and they respect that up front and they'll remember that uh, when you have to tell them (laughs) that you don't have a case. Now, uh, in a lot of times, you'll say, person was injured, no question about it. It, it's sad, okay? An adverse event happened. But I don't see that line from the injury occurring to this person or this organization caused it. So you're going to sit down, huh? typically at your desk on the phone, and you're going to say, I have this case analyzed, and this is what I see. And you're going to apply those four elements of tort law because that's your backup because that's that's what this attorney is going to understand um, particularly when you get to the part where I don't think it's anybody's fault or there's such minor fault um, that it's really not worth pursuing okay um, you're also going to bring into that the aspect of are there enough, predisposing, premorbid conditions that the injury that occurred, it is just a minor aggravation in the overall presentation of this person. You are going to be upfront. Those four principles of tort law are your friend. Learn them. You're going to go through your case. Now, at that point, You have a guy who's, or a gal, who's going to be going back and forth with you, playing devil's advocate, particularly if it could have been a really great case um, and you stand your ground. On the other hand, always listen with an ear. I mean, this person's smart too, you know, um, and you may hear something that will say, okay, let me get back to you on that one. All right, But, but generally, the attorneys want to know what you think, so tell them what you think. Don't be afraid of that. Um, that that's, that's what they're paying you for, <laughs> to, to tell them the truth. Now, what's going to help ahead of time is not only that upfront discussion that I'm going to analyze this and I'm going to go into this sterile, all right? And I'm going to be applying the four elements of tort law, but I'm gonna, I've reviewed this, I've done a brief uh, perusal, and this is what it's gonna cost to do it, and here's my hourly rate, and get that approved. Get that approved. So that way, when you come back, all right, what you're doing is you have in fact, this is how you argue it, you have in fact added value because you are hopefully Keeping this attorney from pursuing uh, a yuck case, you know, uh, and, and throwing you, good money after bad. All right. Uh, throwing money at the legal nurse consultant is good money. <laughs> Continuing to uh, pursue the case after we have said it's not really a good case, all right, that's the bad money, but that's on them. So never be afraid use your four elements, um, and then make sure the person, the attorney, whoever it is, your, the administrator knows what you're going to be charging up front. Really try to stay in that once you get it, all right? Um, unless you love the case, you know, then he's like, oh, spend a million bucks, I don't care, you know? I'm, but generally, try to stay in your guidelines that you've initially presented, and then that way, now you have less of an adversarial position and more of a, a collegiate position, uh, uh, what do I wanna say, relationship, okay? You're, you're part of the team that's deciding whether this case is worth it or not. And, and little tiny mistakes, oh, the person didn't sign out, you know, da, da, da on the on the M-A-R, okay, yeah, whatever, you know, focus on the big stuff. Okay, uh, you can see that you, there are legal nurse consultants, they really get lost in the weeds, you know? Um, keep your eye on the prize, all right? <laughs> Documentation errors, unless they're thoroughly egregious or, or um, made up, um, false, uh, even after the fact stuff, you know, in the middle of a code, who's writing down everything? Of course, you're going to write it afterward. A lot of stuff, particularly with adverse events, they're gonna be late notes. Don't worry about it, all right? Keep your eye on the prize.
1: Well, you, you, you have shared so much in that answer to that question, Pamela. I, I'd like to unpack a little bit of it. I think you pointed out so clearly that it's important to consider all of the elements of malpractice not having all of them in place makes a case that is much less um, easy to solve and becomes a battle of the experts and becomes a battle of theories about what happened. And I know you've also emphasized the importance of receiving that retainer check before you start working on that case. I had a practice that that case would just sit on the shelf literally or figuratively until the check came in despite pressure from an attorney who would say well you know have you made up your mind about the case well once we receive the retainer we'll be able to analyze it and we can chat and go forward right Um, i also emphasize the importance of getting a signed fee agreement that explains that you're not warranting or guaranteeing That you're going to agree with the attorney's theory of the case. It's based on your independent analysis.
2: That is what, in the end, that is what these attorneys are paying for. They're paying for our honest opinion from that unique perspective of the legal nurse consultant.
1: And I had a question for you. Have you ever gotten a phone call from a plaintiff questioning your report that you gave the attorney in screening a case?
2: I have, and it's it could be an awkward situation, except that uh, other than I'm going to get off the phone and say, how the heck did, you know, I'm gonna call the attorney and say, how the heck did that person get my name? Um, If you're going to hand it to that person to read it, at least redact my name to it, you know. Um, But typically I'll say, uh, talk with your attorney. Uh, I will not talk with them other than to commiserate maybe very briefly on, I'm so sorry you were hurt. Your loved one was hurt. Your loved one died. Um, But uh, you need to speak with your lawyer. It's not an easy conversation when it happens.
1: And I wish I had handled it that way when I got my one phone call from a plaintiff, a daughter whose mother had fallen out of bed or climbed out of bed in a nursing home and the bed alarm, it was disconnected, not working. Uh, I remember there was a bed alarm involved and she was grilling me and it was really uncomfortable. Oh no. I got off. With her understanding my rationale, although she wasn't happy with the conclusion, but she was reassured that I had looked at the bed alarm issue, my name and phone number was on the report. So it was very easy for her to locate me because her attorney gave her my
2: report. I never have an issue with that. Although I do, you know, obviously redaction is is not a bad idea because you also don't want to end up as Exhibit A, uh, you know, once you start depositions and um, uh, you know production of documents and things. And and that did happen to a colleague of mine, where uh, she ended up as an Exhibit A, and and that was that was that was tough to undo, Um, very very difficult because uh, un- unless you are specifically a testifying expert, uh, you're not planning on testifying. You know, this is, this is confidential attorney work product, you know, and I make sure that is blazoned across mm-hmm. everything I submit. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, let's take a step back and, and talk about the fact that you came out of your paralegal program, you worked as a paralegal, Tell us how you got your business started. What did you do to help begin getting clients? Before we continue with the show, I'd like to share this special
3: announcement with you. Turn your dreams into business. Are you looking for the ultimate legal nurse conference where you can discover how to get more cases and expand your skills? Welcome. I'm Barbara Levin, past president of the American Association of Legal Nurse Consultants. My friend and colleague Patricia Iyer and I have been organizing and teaching education conferences. We are actually embarking on our seventh virtual LNC Success Conference, which is going to be held March 23, 24, 25, 2023. This conference includes key information for every level legal nurse consultant. Today, I'm joined with Chris Mew. She is a plastic surgery nurse and legal nurse consultant who will help you define the normal from the unexpected about plastic surgery cases. She's been practicing for 24 years in multiple specialties. With experience working on both defense attorney, med mal, personal injury and product liability cases, she has helped plaintiff attorneys as well as expert fact witnesses and personal injury cases to get to their success. She is a member of the LNC Elite, Pat Iyer's coaching program. We are welcomed here with Chris who will address the ABCs of plastic surgery complications, such as the patient calls the surgeon crying. My breasts are different sizes. What did you do to me? Or the teenager says, my nose is not expected what I thought it would be. Can I get a redo? Welcome, Chris, what do you say
4: to that? Thank you, Barbara. Hello, everyone. And yes, I will be talking about plastic surgery and some complications. One of the topics um, during the conference that I'll be talking about is informed consent and what is reasonable and what is not reasonable. I will weave in informed consent within those three scenarios that Barbara outlined during the introduction. I'll help the LNC to identify and define normal from expected outcomes within plastic surgery. And I'll outline why plastic surgeons should set reasonable outcomes and the possibility of less than optimal outcomes within the American Society of Plastic Surgery guidelines regarding informed consent. Although there's known risks and benefits, did you know one of the key uh, identifiers is communication. Yes, clear communication and education. Those are going to be a few little snippets of information that I'm going to expand on during the conference and how they could potentially lead to a malpractice claim. I'll identify that there's uncertainty within every clinical practice, and especially surgery. And not all patients have realistic understanding or accepted potential outcomes. So join us.
3: I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Thank you so much. Our dynamic speakers are offering trusted advice, real life-cutting edge information, which you can implement into your business. We invite you to join us March 23, 24, 25, 2023 for an exciting three day filled conference with education, nationally recognized speakers, and exciting topics. We want you to bring your questions. Please see the link below lnc.tips forward slash March 2023 virtual.
2: We look forward to seeing you. Now let's return to the show. All right. Well, in my background, initially I was working uh, with—I uh, was in house uh, with attorneys, uh, and then I married my 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 husband, who is uh, who was an army officer. And uh, once we left DC, because uh, that was my last law firm experience, um, you know, in house law firm experience. Uh, we ended up in uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. So there's Fayetteville, North Carolina. And I went, what do I do now? Um, the firms there were, you know, were too, too small for an in-house person. So at that point I realized, okay, it, I, I need to be independent now. Uh, I need to make my little uh, you know, LLC and I need to start knocking on doors. So that's what I would do. I, I started uh, first sending uh, resumes, which nobody does anymore, um, uh, sending um, uh, mail cards, uh, postcards. Uh, then one day in, in, my, in my suit, my briefcase, my, my brochures, uh, I went down attorney row there near the courthouse, start literally knocking on doors, uh, seeing who would see me right then on the spot and seeing who I had to leave information with. Uh, Generally, if you can talk yourself into the door right then and there, it's better. (laughs) You you know how it is leaving a card. Yeah, we'll get back to you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And they were, of course, immediately impressed, realizing how great it was that they could hire somebody like me to do their cases, uh, in other words, being able to retain somebody like this, that they never thought they could, you know, Um, particularly a lot of these smaller places where they've, you know, they've never heard of somebody like me, or if they have, they think we we could never, we could never do this, we could never bring someone like this on board. Uh, I also uh, went to the bar association meetings, and I would set up my Set up my little table, and I had my brochure because I'm a craft person. So my table always looked wonderful, <laughs> very inviting, uh, and uh, people would come over and and say, "Wow, you know, we, we didn't know we had one of you here, you know." And <laughs> and that was the best thing. That was the best thing. Um, and then, of course, in, in another three years, my husband would get another assignment, and the next assignment was Fort Campbell, and I was able to retain, in fact, one one client from Fayetteville who I was able to carry over to this day. uh, And uh, because a lot of them, you know, the remote working is, you know, if we got to thank COVID for one thing, it was we've fairly legitimized now the remote uh, office. Mm -hmm. Uh, If there's one thing, one silver lining out of it. So then when I get to uh, Fort Campbell and, you know, there's Clarksville, uh, Tennessee, and, you know, there's attorney row next to the courthouse. And I'd start all over again, get my clients. Um, Then we moved to San Antonio, Texas. Now, San Antonio is a large city, so it was easy to get work there. Um, But again, using the very same principles that I had used at Fayetteville and, uh, and, um, and Clarksville, then we finally got to Virginia Beach, and those places wanted me to actually come in and work with them, um, Norfolk and the like, uh, and that was fine. I I had I had no problem with that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, actually being in their offices. So be open to whatever uh, environment that they want to put you in, uh, unless it's unless it's really obnoxious, you, you know. Uh, now. Uh, now that we're here in Ohio, <laughs> um, I have really blossomed at this point, remote working. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I have clients in San Antonio. I have clients in Virginia Beach. I have clients uh, up in um, Michigan. Uh, so it's, it's really come full circle now. And it's just so great to be at home, especially now that I have teenagers who are almost, almost ready to be left by themselves. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm impressed with seeing the model. You applied a method of marketing in each city where you worked and picked up clients and retained those clients because they're happy with your services and it's easy to work with you and you know what they want. And you've built up your business over time using that method of connecting
2: with attorneys. That's a great plan. Sometimes you have to get personal. You have to get face-to-face. Uh, and, you know, and, and maybe that's the boomer in me coming out. Uh, but uh, I, I found that that face-to-face, being with the Chamber of Commerce stuff, um, being there at the county fairs, I mean, stuff like that uh, lets people know that you are, in fact, a member of that that business community, you know, and, and that you're there, Uh and the attorneys will find you.
1: Mm-hmm. And as part of working on cases, have you been involved in multi district litigation or class action suits or um, the, the high volume case analysis?
2: Absolutely. And I, and I think at some point, almost every legal nurse consultant is going to have, you know, stuck a toe. Into uh, you know that mass tort litigation because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of it's out there you know we all see the one eight hundred you know get money now TV commercials and and they want legal nurse consultants and you'll you'll find those ads everywhere all right so there's good bad and ugly about MDLS which is the multi district litigation uh, and what that is is when you have a, when you have a, a great many people, great many plaintiffs who are all gonna complain about a certain company or a certain medication or a certain uh, piece of medical equipment, whatever it is, you know, or you know, even a, you know, a, some sort of tool that fell apart and injured people, um, or like Ikea, where the dressers were falling down on, on children, um, which is a shame, yeah. But uh, when you have all of these clients filing everywhere, all right, um, the courts will apply for what they call a, an MDL. It will be consolidated in one district court. And I know the District of uh, uh, Eastern District uh, of Pennsylvania is a big one. That's the, the one in Philadelphia. So uh, because we have a lot of pharmaceutical companies out out there, uh, a lot of those, ended up being, uh, consolidated, uh, in, in, in the Philadelphia area. Um, so what happens now is now you have hundreds, thousands of people now submitting these medical records because they want to know if they're part of, you know, if they, if they match the criteria in order to be represented in the MDL. So that's where, you know, enter the legal nurse consultant. So Mm -hmm. they have you working from home and it's great. And in many times, they'll even send you the equipment, which is nice. Okay. Uh, For a new legal nurse consultant, I would almost say, almost say I recommend it because you're going to get, you're going to get trial by fire on how to do a, uh, how to do a report, how to do an analysis, how to write it, uh, and, and then get the critique on how to rewrite it. Uh. You're going, you're going to learn really fast. Okay. While the work is still there, it's good, steady work. Um, you know, you're going to get a paycheck every week, every two weeks. All right. And if you survive, you know, the weanings as it goes, um, you do actually get little upticks in pay and, and you get, you know, you get more, um, you get more work, you get cooler work, um, but there's always gonna be a lot of it out there. And they know the value of the legal nurse consultant. They know the value of their analysis. They don't always pay you that value though, all right? Mm-hmm. So you're going, to, you're going to see ranges in the area of 25, 25 to 35 an hour is typically what I see with MDL, okay? If you've been at it a while, sometimes you can talk them up to 40 or 45, that's rare. Okay. You'll get a lot of experience, but it's daily work. They want you to check in in the morning. They'll want you to check out at night. They want to know where you are. Um, If you're not there, where are you? I mean, it's just about, okay, that you're in a satellite office of theirs. Okay. Um, It's grueling work in the sense that it keeps coming, they call it the mill. And that's what it is. It's a mill. Um, But it's, it's steady work. Um, It's a good learning experience, but it's going to be boring after a while. Um, And there's going to be that expectation of a weekly production goal. Uh, Unless they know that something's happening that week, you know, yeah, I'm taking my kid to see colleges or something like that. Um, but there's going to be that expectation. It is assembly line work. Um, so at some point you'll say, I've had enough <laughs> and, and you'll move on to other things. But now you have what I consider fairly uh, you know, cheap, um, uh, easy, uh, no hassle experience behind you. Yeah, I did MDL work with XYZ company uh, for the pedicle screw implant. Uh, MDLs, you know, which was a big one. i I'm sure remember that one, Pat. Um, I did those
1: too, actually. Okay,
2: absolutely. You know, now we're on to the uh, Camp Lejeune water situation. Uh, mesothelioma with asbestos. That one's always going to be around, uh, I suspect. Um, the Johnson Johnson baby powder ones. Um, I know there was a, uh, a, a hernia mesh implant. That was a big one for a while. So you'll you learn a lot, you learn it fast, steady paycheck, but it's boring. It is assembly line, and eventually you will want to move on. Although some don't, you know, you could make a career out of it in theory. Uh, I wouldn't, but <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's good in the short run, yes.
1: And you are tying up a lot of your marketing time actually doing the production so that you're filling up your limited number of hours per week with low-income work, which as you're defining it, Pam, is probably less than in many cases staff nurse rates. Yes. Which is a, a problem to consider that you are independently employed. You're responsible for your own benefits, you're paying for your own health care, your vacation and sick time. No one's covering that when you're working for a mill. That's Whereas right. if you spent those same twenty hours or thirty hours a week as a staff nurse, somebody would be paying you at least some benefits if you were even on a part-time
2: basis. Correct. So I think you've pointed I, it's out cheap, it's cheap, but it's cheap, fast experience, particularly for a new LNC. And yes. then, and then grab you know, grab what you can learn, and then. Take that experience, it's on your resume, run with it. Well,
1: we've covered different topics today, Pam, as we've talked about how to break bad news to your client and to do it in a way that you make sure that you've gotten paid, that you're not going to be uh, shafted is the word that I think is appropriate for- Make sure the attorney knows you're
2: part of the team. That is what helps. You are part of the team. Good news or bad. Yes.
1: And we talked about how you got started by doing the, the same method of marketing in each city where you were transplanted. And we finished up talking about the pros and cons of working on high volume cases, which are very appealing at certain stages in your career, but in the long run, give you experience and that enables you to use that as a stepping stone to getting the higher paying LNC work. Absolutely. Somebody listening to this is gonna say, I've got questions for Pamela that Pat didn't ask her what would be the best way for them to contact you about your services?
2: Oh, well, that would be great. And I would be, I would absolutely welcome that. Uh, as you, as you know, I, I can talk for hours. That's where <laughs> I do PR and work. That's where I do PRN at a nursing home. Cause I love talking to people and that's my area. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, all right. Uh, I can give you my, my office phone number is 740- two four zero five zero one seven um yeah don't delay uh also i do have uh i'm working on a website okay i i admit my boomer yuck there i'm i'm working on it okay because you need one You, you do um my uh email address is uh one Great Oak Road at earthlink.net. That's all spelled out. O n e, G r e a t, O a k, R o a d at earthlink.net. And that is actually my company, One Great Oak Road, LLC. Harkens back to uh, our, my childhood uh, address back in New Jersey.
1: In New Jersey. Oh, you're a Jersey girl. That's where
2: I'm from. South Jersey girl. Yes.
1: Yeah. I grew up in North Jersey in Bergen County, close to Manhattan.
2: Okay. The other half of my family's up there. Very
1: nice. It's it's a great place to grow up. Our high school was on a, a hill and we could look across the countryside and we could see the skyscrapers in Manhattan from our high school and it was Very next cool. to a Nabisco factory the National Biscuit Company <laughs> which in the afternoon in the spring they would open up the windows of the school and the smell of the baking cookies would come in our school it was a wonderful place to go to high school
2: oh my goodness okay we we remember the train coming through with a steam whistle. Yes.
1: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, Pamela,
2: thank you for being our
1: guest on Legal Nurse Podcast. I know that you have given our listeners some things to consider as he or she thinks about some of the, the pros and cons of marketing that you shared, some of the pros and cons of working on MDL cases, and... Some of the ways that we need to shape our conversations with attorneys when we don't come up with an agreement with the way that they are viewing the case. I appreciate your sharing your knowledge. And I appreciate- Don't be
2: afraid. Don't be afraid to say what you think.
1: Yes, you are a member of the team.
2: If there's no other takeaway, don't be afraid to say what you think. Got
1: it. All right. Thank you so much, Pam. And for you who's watching this show, be sure to come back next week for a new show, new topic. Watch our podcasts on our YouTube channel, which is YouTube at Legal Nurse Business. You'll see the video version of this podcast. You can get the audio version on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, and a variety of other platforms. And be sure to tell another legal nurse consultant about legal nurse podcast we are in our seventh year as of last week when i checked we have listeners in 96 countries and we love it when you download and listen to the shows and share them with others thanks so much hi this is pat Iyer with legal nurse podcast coming up next is karen Harmon, an expert witness in labor and delivery nursing who helps attorneys understand what went wrong in the delivery room or in the labor room. The topic that we just covered in our podcast was on the 30-minute rule, where that comes from, why it's important, and how nursing involvement influences how quickly a patient goes from recognition of an emergency to the delivery room and a successful delivery. Karen, can you give our listener just a little taste of the topics that we covered in your podcast? Well, we touched on the 30 minute rule that so many of us have um, encountered in our practice, but as a legal nurse consultant, having a better understanding of that 30 minute rule, how it can affect a delay in delivery, as well as focusing on how fetal monitoring can also um, affect a, a delay in delivery. You'll be sure to want to watch this program if you have anything to do with looking at labor and delivery cases, allegations of a delay in diagnosis, delay in recognition or delay in treatment when a woman needs an emergency C-section. Karen is a true expert in this area and you'll come away with a great deal more knowledge about this as one of the most critical aspects of delivering care to a pregnant woman. Be sure to get it at Legal Nurse Podcast and look for Karen Harmon's podcast. Thanks a lot.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check out Pat Iyer's resources for Legal Nurse Consultants on LegalNurseBusiness.com. Pat coaches Legal Nurse Consultants so they make more money, get more clients, and avoid expensive mistakes. Check out her coaching program at LNCAcademy.com. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Join our community to get notified of each new episode and to receive the transcript of today's program. Complete the request form on podcast.legalnursebusiness.com. We appreciate you and your interest.